Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Thank you very much and welcome to our show. Don't forget, you can follow us at rockingthervlife.com. Mm-hmm. We have just about everything you need to follow us and to get in touch with us yeah. as well. Right. Really good. How do you like your new RV? <gasps> I love it. Yeah, last week we told oh. you about our new RV. We got a country mm-hmm. star. Mm-hmm. It's made by Newmar. It's a 2022 and it has some pretty nice bells and whistles. Oh, yes. Washer and dryer. And two bathrooms. It has a bath and a half. And it has something we have yet to use, the central vac system. I don't want to get it dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got to pull that out and start using it. It's yeah. going to be so fun. Once I do, it's, it'll be like, oh, my God, how did I live without this, right? What's really interesting was you posted a video on Facebook and Instagram kind of giving a tour of the RV. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people who were saying, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. It's yeah. uh, real luxurious and everything. Yeah. This is not a top-of-the-line RV. It's not. I mean, you've got those Dutch stars. You've got the Prevost. You've got the uh, American coaches. Mm-hmm. You've got RVs that are in the millions. Right. But even in Newmar, like above us is is the Ventana, the Dutch Star, the King Air, the right. New Air. Mm-hmm. Those are all like way nicer. Although, you know, it's the same layout if it's the same size. It's right. going to be this pretty much the same layout, but they just have a little more bells and whistles, like yeah. maybe heated floors and heated seats and <laughs> yeah. and just a little more luxurious inside. But In Ohio here, where we are right now, those heated seats would come in real handy. And the heated floors. Yes, <laughs> But absolutely. you know what? I am not complaining. I no. absolutely love it. And I love having two bathrooms because we come home from somewhere and... You know, you've been gone a while, and it's like, instead of waiting for one of us to use the bathroom first, it's mm-hmm. nice. We can just both go in at the same time. <laughs> so it all depends on what your tastes are and what your budget is. Yeah. And you can just about get anything to fit your budget. Right. The technology has really changed so much. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I noticed when we moved into this, and I moved the tow bar from the old RV to the new RV, mm-hmm. I realized that, you know what? It's time to get this thing checked. You're supposed to get a tow bar checked every year just to make sure it hasn't loosened up. I mean, for safety's sake, you're towing a car. Right. We need to get that looked at just to make sure. Well, there's a lot of people who don't tow cars, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people who don't know how to tow cars. Mm -hmm. That's really tough. If you have a 38-foot rig like ours, Mm -hmm. and you don't tow a car, it makes it a little tough when you go into a town and want to get groceries or go somewhere special. Mm -hmm. You don't want to take the rig. Right. (laughs) Right. It's kind of tough to negotiate some of those parking lots in city limits, too. Right. But there may be some people that buy a motorhome and they realize that the vehicle, the car that they already have, mm-hmm. can't be flat towed. That's right. So, 
There is a solution for that, and it's called a tow dolly. That's right. Yeah, it's two wheels, and you drive up on it with your car, and you anchor the front wheels with anchor straps. It uses a ball hitch, so you have a ball hitch on the back of the RV Mm -hmm. to connect the dolly. Flat towing is something totally different. It's basically you're just towing the car flat on its tires. Right. And not flat tires, but right. <laughs> you know, you're towing the car. For us, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And it takes us four minutes to hook it up and unhook it because we have a Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. Right. You just you know put it in neutral mm-hmm. and just hook it up and you're good to go. But not all cars can be flat towed. Um, that's so a good point. that's the beauty of the dolly. You know, you can just take anything. If you have a car with front wheel drive, mm-hmm. chances are you can't flat tow it unless you can take it out of gear somehow. Yeah. And yeah, disconnect the uh, drive shaft. Although we were really surprised that one time we saw somebody flat towing a Cadillac SUV. Yeah, a Cadillac SRX. Yes. We've seen a couple of those. Yeah, so They're nice cars. They'd be great to flat tow. Yeah. So some of them can. You have to check your manufacturer uh-huh. and find out if you can flat tow the vehicle before you right. flat tow it. Right. But then if you do do the dolly, you have to have a certain like brake system with it. Mm-hmm. You can either have an electrical brake system or a surge brake system. And the electrical ties into the RV's electrical system. And when you put the brakes on in the RV... It puts it on in the car. Yeah. It makes the dolly's brakes go on. You know, right. it connects through that. But then you have to have a brake controller installed in the RV for that. Right. Now, if you don't have the brake controller installed, you can just do the surge electrical the dolly knows when you're braking. It feels it, it senses it, and it brakes also. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on, you know, which system... Works for you. Right, right. Now, the flat toe system, the price is actually about 4000 to $4,500, maybe more... Yeah, it's to expensive. ...to get your car ready for a flat toe. Yes, can you and believe that? And the brake that? system that goes in that as well. Yeah, that's amazing that it's so expensive, but now the dolly is about half the price. Right. So you're saving money there if you use that. The bad thing about it is, man, you got more work to do because right. you got to anchor the tires yep. in the front, and then it's going to take a lot longer to set it up and then to undo it when you get to the campground. And then when you get to the campground, you need to store the dolly somewhere because right. you, you want to take it off the back of the RV. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot to it, you know. Yeah, some campgrounds do have places that you can put the dolly and some don't. Right. And you'll see the dolly and the car and the RV all crowded into one space. Right. And you can't blame them because there's no other place to put it. Right. And then, of course, you can use a trailer if you want. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other story. Yes. And we've seen people. I saw this guy from Chicago. He was in Las Vegas. And he had a trailer bigger than his RV. Now, we're talking about a big enclosed trailer. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. You know, you see these RVs driving down the road, these motorhomes with this big enclosed trailer. And you wonder, what's in there? You know. (laughs) Now, we did meet someone who puts their car in there. It's a small car. But he has shelving and cabinets along the inside of it. So he has all this extra stuff stored. It's like a garage. And he pulls it with him, like pulling a garage. (laughs) Then we met somebody else who, this was in Palm Springs. He had a really big trailer. He had two motorcycles and two cars in the trailer because he had a lift system in Uh the trailer. Yeah. The trailer was taller than the RV. Yeah, that trailer was taller. And his RV was huge. I think he had like a 40 or 45 Mm -hmm. foot. 
he was from Texas, you know, right. everything's bigger in Texas, I, I guess. guess so. <laughs> and yeah, and so that was that was really fascinating. And then the guy from Chicago, <laughs> oh. he had that big, huge trailer, yes. and that had a lift in it as well. So we had a Bentley. Now, of course, he had a Prevost. Right. Those things are like over a million dollars. Right. And this thing was like a new Prevost. So it was, oh my God. Gosh, so it was he's beautiful. trailering a Bentley, <laughs> yeah. which is very expensive yes, as well. Yes, a little Bentley. Two, it was a two-door, mm-hmm. right? Was it? Uh-huh. Two, yeah, it was a two-door car. Beautiful little car. And then on top of that, he had a classic car mm-hmm. because he would go to Las Vegas from Chicago, buy classic cars, yeah. take them back to Chicago, and sell them for a big profit. Yeah. I guess that's how he made his money. I know. Must be a pretty good business because he's got some high-end equipment. We tried to get an interview out of him, but he's like, no. Nah, I don't want to talk. I don't want anybody to know this. Ah, darn it. That would have been fascinating. <laughs> well, one thing that I noticed is when we flat tow our Jeep, it does not add any mileage to the odometer. Right. So we got 30,000 miles on the Jeep. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we really have over 50,000 on it. And that's why the tires need to be replaced. Right. And, of course, you have to have the differential fluid changed and, you know, make sure that all the bearings are lubed because you're putting a little bit of wear and tear on the tires Mm -hmm. more than they normally would show up on the odometer. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind. I tell you, there's times when I would love to have a trailer to put it in, an enclosed trailer, because we'll get somewhere and it's just, the car is just filthy yeah when we go through rain and Mm -hmm. storms and if it's dusty and it rains and it's just oh it's so dirty yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's a bummer (laughs) but speaking of cars have you ever had a car that you wish you never would have sold yeah think about it Mm -hmm. do you have one no i never had any of those kind of cars that Mm -hmm. were worth that that if i still had them i guess i don't know i had a couple i had a 65 corvette gosh i had a 74 Triumph TR6. And I wish if I would have had those cars and kept them because they go up in value. Because you could have just stuck them in a garage somewhere and just let them sit. Right. Some of those classic cars are the best investments you can make over years. Yeah. And there's a guy by the name of John Jones who lives in Northeast Ohio. His dad has a car collection Mm -hmm. that is unbelievable. Oh, my God. And he has tried to contact us Mm -hmm. and invited us on several occasions to come and see it. And we just never had time. Right. Well, finally, the other day, we had time to go see the car collection. Right. Now that we're back in town. Right. thought, okay, let's go. And we decided to take our microphones with us as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we did because John is a great guy. Yeah. It was so nice of him to invite us to see this car collection. Mm -hmm. And his story is really cool. Oh, it's amazing. John Jones, welcome to our podcast. Hi, nice to meet both of you here down at the store. You know, you have been after me for a couple of years (laughs) to come and visit this, I guess you'd call it an auto museum. Yes. But it's a best kept secret in Akron, Ohio. It's not open to the public, but once a year. It's incredible. Your father started it, didn't he? He did. Give me a little background about Bob. Well, Bob passed away in November and 88 years old, Uh and all of his life... He was a car guy. Mm-hmm. And when he was little, he liked cars and he had his he and his dad bought their first car when he was fifteen. Wow. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a beater. Mm-hmm. And his dad worked for a good year and so he didn't he used to take the bus and that. When they finally got enough money, they bought it together and that started his whole relationship with cars. How many cars does he own? Well, 
it's a double question. There's over 105 cars in the collection because my brother has some, but uh-huh. he owns 88 cars. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. That's... And you'd never know they were here. Jay Leno has been here. He has. And Jay Leno has seen a lot of places. And yes, there's a lot of places nicer than this, but he walked out of here very impressed. Oh, I bet of he course. Did. I'm impressed. How did that all come about, getting Jay Leno here? We kind of got lucky. He was in town for Children's Hospital, a fundraiser. Oh, perfect. And again, I had said earlier, my dad's a shameless Mm self-promoter. So he knew the right people. And of course, he knew Jay was a car guy. So they reached out to Jay. And he was going to be here anyhow. And he had some time to kill. So Jay's always interested to see something new. Mm -hmm. So my dad ended up picking him up at Akron Fulton Airport in a 1965 Princess limousine. (laughs) And we saw that. You showed us that car. Yeah. We're going to have some pictures. So it's amazing the amount of cars. Gosh. If you had to pick one car in the collection, what stands out to you? Well, that's an easy one for me. It's a 1959 Cadillac convertible. That was the year of the big fins for all the auto manufacturers. But Cadillac really did it big. Lots of chrome. Lots of chrome. Yeah. And lots of paint. Right. What kind of condition is that in? Well, rolling off the showroom, it's close. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of the engine that just needs wiped down, but the interior, the paint, everything is like new. It's beautiful. Wow. It doesn't really need anything. What other cars do you have in this collection? It's a quite an eclectic collection for an 88-year-old man. He has probably 10 Model Ts of different years, mm-hmm. and those went from like 1914 up to 1929, and then they became the Model A. He's got 10 Model As from each year of the 30s, from wow. 30 to 39. Oh my he gosh. has a DeLorean, he has an Amphicar, and the list goes on. I'll tell you, I saw the DeLorean and immediately think, 88 miles, this is an interesting number. He was 88. He has 88 cars. You had to go 88 in that DeLorean to go back to the future. Interesting. I never thought of that myself. Whoa. (laughs) There's also a collection of signs and other memorabilia, right? Correct. It's not only just for the automotive industry. Uh, We talked about he has a very simple placard down there that you'd put in your window, and it had numbers like 5, 25, 50, and 75. And whichever one would be in the up position, that's how much ice, poundage-wise, the ice guy would bring to your house. Right. And I showed you the ice boxes mm-hmm. down there where you put the ice in. So that's not even related to cars. But he has a phone booth. Um, he has just a lot of different things. He was just an interesting man. But speaking of ice, the old milk trucks. That's right. There's two of them. They came from Medina. There was a milk uh company in Medina at the time and we went to an auction there one day Mm -hmm. and my dad couldn't pass him up and he also has a pedal car from that collection it's a milk truck Mm -hmm. let's talk about the land speed record you have Art Arfon's racer or I don't know what you would call it that actually set the land speed record right it did it was 330 miles an hour uh, back in the 60s and of course those records didn't usually stand for very long and the technologies were emerging and uh, he, we have two cars down there. We do not own those. Those are his son, Tim Arfons, mm-hmm. and uh, they're on permanent loan until something happens, then he'll take them back. But they're fully functional cars, and they're just amazing to see. What's really cool about this is we're able to actually open the doors and sit in some of these cars. Yeah. Anyone you wanted. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. Well, my dad wasn't real um, particular about 
people seeing his things. He believed that they should be looked at and gotten in. And during the open house once a year, even young children, you know, with their parents watching over them, they got in the cars because he wanted a young kid to sit in a Model T, which he'll probably never do again. What's really incredible about this, it's like a best kept secret. It's not open to the public, but you say once a year. What type of event is that? Is it a charity event? No, no. My dad, that's another thing about him. Again, as a promoter, um, we would invite up to 900 people that we knew personally. But out of those two, for example, you and Patty might be invited. And then you could bring some of your friends because if we trusted you, we could trust your friends because nothing ever got taken or scratched. And out of those 900 people, we would have pizza, pop, donuts, and cider. And that would flow all night long and everything was free. And we would have senators, police chiefs, fire chiefs, a whole different group of people. And they'd come down and have a good time. And it was just once a year. In this building downstairs, just walking around the cars. Exactly. Again, you wouldn't really know they're there unless you'd been here. Well, obviously, your dad was very successful. He had a business that was really interior decorating for commercial, business, and residential. Residential came after that. The commercial side was winding down. My dad was able to sell it, and my brother just took off running with the residential side, and they've been very successful. They've done a great job. What was it like buying cars with your dad? Oh, it was great because... I would go to auctions with him early on that were just out in the cornfield or something like that. Down in uh, southern Ohio, they had a a sale in Urbana that we would go to. And he bid on some of these cars, and like he bought a yellow MG, and he paid $11,000 for it, which was a lot of money back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just saw him buy different things. And I mentioned to you earlier later on he was really into the 40s car 1940 Fords Mm -hmm. and he had like four of those and he was getting ready to bid on another one and he said should I buy this I said dad no you've got four already let's buy something else (laughs) and so he didn't buy it oh no kidding would you help him do the bidding yeah once in a while Mm -hmm. um but you know that was his thing I, I had my time I had over 12 cars at one time and I've sold them all but two I was just tired of it. You know, they're in great shape, but they take a lot of upkeep. And I had a pole barn I kept them in, but it was more fun to watch him bid. I bet it was. I walk in here, it kind of reminds me of the stories about barn finds, where you'll find these cars that have been kept in barns and nobody knew about them. All right, so I have a question for you. Sure. So where is the most unusual place that you have bought or found these cars? Well, there was one that was in Pennsylvania, and uh, it was a 1926 Franklin, and we saw it on eBay. Mm-hmm. And my dad bid on it. He was the high bidder, but it didn't hit the reserve. I said, well, Dad, let's reach out to this guy. So he did. We got his telephone number. We called him, and uh, I believe the number was around $20,000, and uh, which wasn't a lot for the car. But they couldn't make it happen, and so they left it go for maybe a month or so. And anyhow, they got back together. So that was the deal and so we drove out there in his motorhome and like you guys have done we stayed in like a walmart parking lot okay. there was no oh, good place to go yeah and we went over this guy's house and there was this dirty little barn that this thing barely fit in uh-huh. and he restored this car himself he did it right there in there and it's like how'd you keep the dust off because he did a remarkable job well you what you do is just spray the whole place down with water and as it's drying after it's dripping the dust stays down so he sprayed the thing you could barely get around the car and <gasps> That was the deal. That's Oh, fantastic. my gosh. That's interesting. <laughs> I would imagine you've seen some 
bad restorations. He's owned a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, people, you know, they try to do these things themselves, and it just doesn't work out. Just like when you guys had rentals, somebody'd come in and paint for you, and they'd be all proud of it, and you'd look around, it's like they didn't even cut the walls in right, but they thought it was a good job. Right. Same with cars. Yeah. And then you get some people that make some incredible. Uh, restorations. Did you ever think that cars would become such a great investment? They'd be so valuable? Yes, but in their time. For example, cars that he bought back in the 70s, uh, he got them at a good price because the collections weren't going like they are today. But even then, he would make money on them. And it just kind of evolved with buying cars, mm-hmm. just like housing is going up. Right. You know, rental houses, you can't buy them like you used to. There's one car in the collection that caught my eye because I remember when I first saw it, it was from a radio station in Cleveland. Wixie 1260 had one, and it was the car that could actually be a boat. It was the oh, Amphicar, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And I remember seeing it was either on the Cuyahoga River or in Lake Erie, and you just stunned me. Those things are how much now? Well, done right, it's worth 100 plus. Whoa. Mm. That's incredible. Oh, that car looks right. It's beautiful. My cousin did that, and he's an amateur restoration person, but he did a fantastic job. Anyone looking at this car would say, yes, it's done right. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've never swam the car. Uh, <laughs> it, it will swim. It uh-huh. was done right. It's all sealed. But my dad just wouldn't do it, and now that he's gone... We're going to take it out. I would. I was just going to say, yes, you've got to. That would be amazing. That really would be. Yes. What do you think is the most valuable car that you have here? Probably the 1959 Cadillac. It's worth about $125,000. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. And that's not even a lot for one. Yeah. If you got the Barrett's model, they can go over $200,000. And if it was a year or two earlier, uh, two and a quarter plus. Mm-hmm. Wow. I watch a lot of the auctions, you know, the Jackson, the Meekums. I'm sure you do, too. Oh, yes. Are you amazed at the prices? They get stupid money out there. No kidding. They really do. Uh, the auctions we go to, like in Auburn, Indiana, they bring more reasonable money, and that's why my dad could buy them. But there's a joke about uh, Barrett Jackson. All the drunks bit out there. Oh, no. I know a few that have done that, oh. friends of mine. Oh, my God. No. They get a couple of drinks in them and... They oh. pay too much. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you have to realize, a lot of people in the car collecting market have more money than brains. Okay. And they, but they can. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, money's paper. A right. car is something. Mm-hmm. I would imagine most everybody who is listening to this right now is saying to themselves, oh, my gosh, why did I ever get rid of that car I had way back when? I mean, I had a couple in my life. I had a 65 Corvette with knockoffs and everything, and I looked at that beautiful red, what was that, a 63? Yes. With the split window? It was. Oh, my gosh. I wish I would have kept it. What's interesting about that car is they only made the split window one year for practical reasons. People complained they couldn't see out the rear window. Oh, no. Now, when you're driving a car like that, who cares about seeing out the rear window? (laughs) Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. It's a nice car. John, your father had a motorhome that you drove with him. And let's see, you pulled a trailer that you had your car on. But then behind the trailer, you also pulled another trailer with a golf cart. That's correct. It'd be called like a triple tow. A we triple had, tow, yeah. Oh we had a 32-foot uh, motorhome uh-huh. with an 18-foot trailer behind it with a Saturn on that, and then an 8-foot trailer behind that one with a golf cart on it. Oh, my gosh. My. Now, the reason he had the trailer with the Saturn was because if they found something, 
they could drive the Saturn home and put the special car on the trailer. Right. And we could save $600 and we could take it right away that day. That's so cool. That's it was great. interesting about That's pulling great. the trailers like that. They went real well behind the motorhome. When you switch lanes, they didn't kite behind you. They went right with you. Wow. So it wasn't hard to drive. You just had to think ahead. Uh, when you got off the expressway or something, you couldn't back up. So anywhere you went, you had to get it right the first time, or you had to tear everything down, and that was a real headache. Yeah. Man, does that sound familiar. <laughs> That's a lot to tear down. <laughs> now, what kind of a motorhome is it? That's a Southwind with a Ford chassis. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had had one earlier in the motorhome just did not drive down the road very well at all so we sold that you guys have been through a few of them you know some of the problems you can have so this one that he bought it's a fleetwood uh it did real well oh that's Mm -hmm. good and that's the one that we had up until we had to sell it here in the last year or so i know you have another building of cars as well what have we missed well you missed about 40 cars and they're across the uh, railroad tracks in another building space is always a premium cars mm-hmm. take up room yeah. and when you start buying cars you got to put them somewhere so they bought this second building and they're kind of shoehorned in there mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different ones there's cadillacs over there there's a camaro over there just a bunch of different types of cars mm-hmm. well if something needs to come out <laughs> i guess you got it it's, it's not easy right you gotta well, start you were, taking a bunch of things out to get one out and from you the were back. just downstairs and you saw the back room oh yeah uh, those cars get rotated not mm-hmm. so much these days but they used to get rotated and 98 percent of those cars will drive mm-hmm. and that's key you got to keep them exercised oh yeah so those guys would take a half a day and move cars around wow oh. and that's just what they did yeah and they're kept, it seems, in a really good environment. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. Very it has clean. to be. Yep. Climate controlled, no humidity. <laughs> right. Correct. Because that would ruin them. Yeah. Believe it or not, there's no mice either. Oh. No kidding. Mice are a killer. Yeah. They'll chew wiring in a car. They'll cause thousands of dollars of damage. Whoa. Wow. And yeah. we've never had to deal with mice here. First of all, there's not much for them to eat downstairs. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it was an old bakery, so they probably had mice at the time. Yeah. What, do you keep a cat in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> probably should, but... Yeah. Well, John, we want to thank you very much for being on the yeah, podcast with you. us. That it was, was a real pleasure. So it was just great to see both of you guys. I listened to you and what, what a pleasure it's been to talk to you both. Well, thank you. It has been a real treat to come and see this car collection. Yeah. Thank you both for stopping. Thank you for having us. Well, that does it for another week. But before we go, I just want to say how going to that private car collection, that private car museum, really took me back to great days in my youth. Yeah. Those cars were amazing. They were. And the memorabilia. Everything from gasoline pumps from the old gas stations to neon signs, the old oil cans, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also, thank you, John. That was so much fun. So nice to meet you. We just enjoyed it so, so much. Yeah, we really did. We're Mm going to post a lot of the pictures we took on our Facebook and Mm -hmm. Instagram pages. Mm -hmm. And they're all linked to Mm rockinthervlife.com. Also, check out Jeff Kinsbach on Facebook. That's it. Have yourself a great week. Yes, thank you for listening. Be safe, safe travels, whatever you're doing, and see you later. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.